0: Hello guys, uh, just want to say that we're kicking off this episode on a New Year's Eve, of course, so hopefully y'all uh, will be able to celebrate uh, the end of 2020 in a uh, positive manner, or in a good way, uh, despite it still being under a pandemic, so please uh, continue, continue to stay safe. Also, I uh, just remembered that I do have a YouTube channel, uh, "Crib Talks Football." Uh, how original! Name I know. Uh, I had a video came out about three weeks ago, and it's about the West Coast terminology. Uh, not only the terminology itself, but also the system and how it was designed, and the purpose. Um, as an offense, the purpose is to always six, uh, uh, score to be able to win games. Uh, but that episode really uh, uh, flushes out the details of what goes in into uh, uh, the West Coast terminology and the West Coast offense, so I highly uh, recommend checking out that video uh, if you can. Uh, the next video is coming out uh, sometime in uh, middle to end of January. Still doing some research. Uh, about to start the recording process on that too. It's a very exciting episode. Um, I know in the previous episodes, whether on this podcast or even on my YouTube channel, where I've said it's going out pretty soon, uh, I promise you it will. It's just a matter of when I'm getting that episode out. And how to do it uh to the best of my ability how to make sure that it's still not only educational but entertaining as well which is very exciting if i sound tired it's also because it's still early in the morning but luckily i got my best friend uh coffee over here now today's episode is of course not about uh the digit system but rather about my continuous worries about uh, Baker Mayfield and the save the franchise for the New York Jets. At this moment in time, the Browns are ten and five, playing the Steelers to Sunday, in which they either will lose or win if there's any positive, it's number one, the Browns still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And then number two, uh, the Steelers are playing their backup quarterback, Mason Rudolph. But it's not like Mason can't play. He's had some good games in his career. Uh, but it's definitely uh, worrisome as a Browns fan that you're so close to claiming a playoff spot, but you expect something you know terrible to happen. Which, as a fan... I'm cautiously optimistic. Now, kind of rewind over uh over to the Jets game. Uh, you know, Baker struggled when he was missing his top 4 wide receivers. Yes, 4. Um Baker was missing Jarvis Landry. He was missing Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, or uh, Higgins. I think people call him Hollywood Higgins. And then um, another receiver, I can't remember his name, but literally all the receivers were gone from the depth chart due to, uh, to put it, simply COVID violations. Um, it's not that were you could make an argument that they were suspended, but they weren't necessarily suspended. But they had to miss a game due to COVID pro COVID protocols that may have been you know violated, and for you know the safety of of other players too. And the Browns were also missing two of their top linebackers, B.J. Goodson, and another linebacker. But just to Focus mostly, if not all, the attention on the offense. Uh, Kevin Savansky and the offensive staff really had to make some uh, quick uh, adjustments. And uh, we can only do so much with what you have uh, that they ran a lot of 22 personnel and 12 personnel, sometimes 13. Not in your standard 13 personnel where you got like a bunch of tight ends at the line of scrimmage and one wide receiver wide. It was more so in formations that are typically one-back personnel with shotgun. So three wide receivers, one tight end. It was like three tight ends and one wide receiver. And sometimes, you know, three tight ends and two running backs. And some of the personnel and formations they decided to implement the last minute Uh, Because these protocols were uh, violated uh, on Saturday. So on the day of, due to the safety of the players, these receivers and these two linebackers couldn't join the game. And on top of that, Baker was missing Jedrick Willis, his top left tackle. Um and they're still missing Wyatt Teller, who should be back this week. I don't know about Jedrick Willis. He's still going through an illness. Uh but regardless, we saw that Baker was twenty-eight out of fifty-three, two eighty-five, I think, for passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks either, but three fumbles, two of them lost, especially at the fourth. In one situation, which technically the balance did recover, uh, but it, they fell short of converting that first down and ended up losing to the Jets. Now, they were slowly but surely turning things around within the third quarter and even in the uh, fourth quarter, but it was a little too late kind of situation, and... Baker got sacked several times, again, fumbled. Uh, he wasn't necessarily missing wide open receivers. Not that he had one to throw to, really, but most of the passes were you know, either tipped or uh, dropped. And some of them were misses, too. But you started to see, at least in my perspective, that... Uh, Baker cannot carry the offense. You know, we saw, we've we've seen Sam Doddle time and time again trying to help the Jets win when working with nothing other than a rookie left tackle was actually pretty good. It doesn't get as much credit as he uh, deserves. Uh, We see Deshaun Watson. He's second in the league in passing yards right now with. Working with nothing other than an occasionally healthy Brandon Cooks, uh, and then when Will Fuller is still in, he had him. Once Will Fuller is out due to PED violations, missing the rest of the uh, of the games was six. The rest of the season was six games. Uh, essentially, Watson is working with nothing, and the Texans are four and eleven. But at least he's still able to be productive. He's having his, surprisingly, one of his better seasons, if not his best season in his career, despite working with nothing and having at least a top left tackle. Baker can't do the same thing as Deshaun. Baker doesn't have the same scrambling ability. Baker doesn't have the same arm, not as accurate as Deshaun, and is very reliant on the running game and the weapons around him. And there was a lack of running game uh, going against the Jets. The Jets have a very underrated defensive line. But also, if you don't have a vertical presence, there's no respect for the play action involved. In the zone run scheme, tight ends are important for not only setting the edge and not only having uh, good blocking ability and being able to catch on crossing routes, seam routes, but the receivers also stretch the field just in case tight ends need to stay in pass protection or they are on a short route. You know, in that zone run scheme, when you're running a bunch of bootlegs, uh, receivers are also important. Uh, Not only again in the run game, but also of course, in the passing game with the routes that are involved in the system. And when you are missing all, basically all of your wide receivers, and on top of that, two very important and good or excellent offensive linemen, particularly Teller at right guard, and then Jedrick Willis at the left tackle position. Um, That definitely does affect your run game with some capacity to be able to stretch the defense. If they were running some gap runs, uh, they could have had success with that. I don't recall them running any uh, gap runs, Uh, so... They only ran the ball 18 times, but I think they ran it for like 40-something yards. So, they did not have success on the ground game. A lot of people probably criticize Kevin Stefanski for not running the ball more, which is a fair criticism. Uh, but working with what they had, um, you can make an argument that uh, they were just shorthanded. Um, and it's going to be very tough not to have your at least good quality receivers out there to throw to, and that's what has me worried about this Baker situation is the fact that he can't, he cannot, he cannot carry the team. Uh, he's got to have weapons around him, and to continuously point out. You know, he didn't have a great performance. And again, he needs to have weapons, and really all of his weapons and all of the offensive line uh, to be there for him. Otherwise, he's going to struggle. And so looking at the AFC wildcard picture, you got the number five seed, Dolphins, number six, Ravens, with the tiebreaker over the Browns. Who are currently the 7th seed. The Colts are outside looking in. They need one of those teams to lose. And the Colts need a win. Or the Colts win and Titans lose. To win that division. And not worry, have to, and not worry about needing to claim. The 5th, 6th, or 7th seed. To make it to the wild card round. And the Browns are playing against the Steelers. And I know that Mason Rudolph is starting. Uh, but. I'm still worried that the Steelers are still gonna, you know, be competitive. That the Browns offense isn't gonna do as as well considering they just got, you know, smacked uh in their first meeting with the Steelers weeks back. And I know they've had some competitive games. They won five out of you know the last seven games, even though they lost to Ravens, but it was a competitive game on ESPN. Um I just hope that this game is not only competitive. To say the least, but also, you know, a win for the Browns. Or if it's, you know, a dominating win, that would be, that would rest my soul. The <laughs> rest easy knowing the Browns dominated to get to the playoffs. But that's the wild card picture that we're looking at right now. And if the playoffs were ending today, or if it started today, uh, the Browns would play the Bills. And that's not the best matchup. <laughs> uh, but look, uh, don't know what's going to happen until, you know, what happens. Uh, but that's my thoughts on the Browns. And I just want to share my quick thoughts about the, you know, state of the franchise for the New York Jets. You know, the Jets can lock in the number one pick because the Jaguars locked in the number one pick. Uh, everyone's going to assume the Jaguars are definitely going to take Trevor Lawrence, which is a... Fair assumption. I would also think that they would take Trevor Lawrence, but for the Jets, it's not like all hope is lost. Uh, they they definitely have some options to to dive into. They kind of are traded with team that you know wants Sam Donald Donald for more picks and draft a quarterback with a second overall pick whether it be Justin Fields from Ohio State, he hasn't played well uh, this year, or um, the quarterback from BYU, or the quarterback from North Dakota State. Sorry, I can't name all the quarterbacks on top of my head. Or some people are saying Matt Jones from Alabama. Which I don't know about that. Mac Jones has only had, you know, a handful of games in college football. And he's only starting because Tua is no longer there. And he happened to be able to at least best out the other QBs on that roster. But he's also had a wonderful amount of talent around him offensively for him to even be considered as the Heisman Trophy candidate. Or a winner or a candidate to win the Heisman Trophy. So I don't know, maybe Mac Jones. But their other option is to stick with Sam Donald, trade out of the second overall pick. Because some, because some other team is going to want to draft a quarterback. I know it's not possibly not Trevor Lawrence, but there are still good quarterbacks within this draft class coming up. And so the Jets have an option to trade out of the second pick in the first round to accumulate more picks because they have two first-round picks and two second-round picks. They could trade out of that to get another first-round pick. Basically, again, more picks to be able to get the the amount of best-quality players as you can, as well as hitting free agency to help build around Sam Darnold. I feel like if Sam Darnold has more talent around him, especially receivers to throw to or an excellent tight end to throw to, that he's going to do well. Uh, I have no doubt that Sam Darnold eventually will be able to carry the team, which he I can make an argument that he is, but he needs more help. There's only so few quarterbacks that could carry the team uh, exceptionally well. With hardly anything and still have a winning record, you know Deshaun is carrying the team. I would say good enough, but not exceptionally well because well they're four and eleven. I would say Sam Donald is doing his best but with what he has, and the Jets are two and thirteen. So in the Jets franchise definitely has some options, and I would go with a ladder and just support Sam Donald and get him a coach. That we we'll able to get the best out of Sam Darnold and the rest of that offense, and even the defense too. Defense definitely has some holes to to fix up on. So that's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening, y'all. Uh, no longer having a shitty mic, but a better mic. So uh, happy New Year's Eve, y'all, and. Uh, My bad, and uh, we'll definitely uh, catch y'all soon.